0: Section thirty seven of Select Sermons of Jonathan Edwards. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. This recording by Anna Roberts. Select Sermons of Jonathan Edwards, Part Thirty Seven Pressing into the Kingdom of God, Part Two. It is therefore quite a wrong notion that some entertain that the more they do, the more they shall depend on it whereas the reverse is true, the more they do, or the more thorough they are in seeking, the less will they be likely to rest in their doings, and the sooner will they see the vanity of all that they do, so that persons will exceedingly miss it, if ever they neglect to do any duty either to God or man, whether it be any duty of religion, justice, or charity, under a notion of its exposing them to trust in their own righteousness. It is very true that it is a common thing for persons, when they earnestly seek salvation, to trust in the pains that they take, but yet commonly those that go on in a more slight way trust a great deal more securely to their dull services than he that is pressing into the kingdom of god does to his earnestness men's slackness in religion and their trust in their own righteousness strengthen and establish one another their trust in what they have done and what they now do settles them in a slothful rest and ease and hinders their being sensible of their need of rousing up themselves and pressing forward and on the other hand their negligence tends so to benumb them in such ignorance of themselves, that the most miserable refuges are stupidly rested in as sufficient. Therefore we see that when persons have been going on for a long time in such a way, and God afterwards comes more thoroughly to awaken them, and to stir them up to be in good earnest, He shakes all their old foundations, and rouses them out of their old resting-places, so that they cannot quiet themselves with those things that formerly kept them secure. I would now proceed to give some directions how you should press into the kingdom of God. 1. Be directed to sacrifice everything to your soul's eternal interest. Let seeking this be so much your bent, and what you are so resolved in, that you will make everything give place to it. Let nothing stand before your resolution of seeking the kingdom of God. Whatever it be that you used to look upon as a convenience, or comfort, or ease, or thing desirable on any account, if it stands in the way of this great concern, let it be dismissed without hesitation and if it be of that nature that it is likely always to be a hindrance, then wholly have done with it, and never entertain any expectation from it more. If in time past you have, for the sake of worldly gain, involved yourself in more care and business than you find to be consistent with your being, so thoroughly in the business of religion as you ought to be, then get into some other way, though you suffer in your worldly interest by it. Or, if you have heretofore been conversant with company that you have reason to think, Have been and will be a snare to you and a hindrance to this great design in any wise, break off from their society, however it may expose you to reproach from your old companions, or let what will be the effect of it. Whatever it be that stands in the way of your most advantageously seeking salvation, whether it be some dear sinful pleasure, or strong carnal appetite, or credit and honor, or the good will of some persons whose friendship you desire and whose esteem and liking you have highly valued, and though there be any danger, if you do as you ought, that you shall be looked upon by them as odd and ridiculous, and become contemptible in their eyes, or, if it be your ease and indolence and aversion to continual labor, or your outward convenience in any respect, whereby you might avoid difficulties of one kind or other, let all go. Offer up such things together, as it were, in one sacrifice, to the interest of your soul. Let nothing stand in competition with this, but make everything to fall before it if the flesh must be crossed, then cross it, spare it not, crucify it, and do not be afraid of being too cruel to it. Galatians 5.24. They that are Christ's have crucified the flesh, with the affections and lusts. Have no dependence on any worldly enjoyment whatsoever. Let salvation be the one thing with you. This is what is certainly required of you, and this is what many stick at. This giving up other things for salvation is a stumbling-block that few get over. While others pressed into the kingdom of God at the preaching of John the Baptist, Herod was pretty much stirred up by his preaching. It is said, he heard him, and observed him, and did many things, but when he came to tell him that he must part with his beloved Herodias, here he stuck. This he would never yield to. Mark seven eighteen through 20 The rich young man was considerably concerned for salvation, and accordingly was a very strict liver in many things, but when Christ came to direct him to go and sell all that he had, and give to the poor, and come and follow him, he could not find it in his heart to comply with it, but went away sorrowful. He had great possessions, and set his heart much on his estate, and could not bear to part with it. It may be, if Christ had directed him only to give away a considerable part of his estate, he would have done it. Yea, perhaps if he had bid him part with half of it, he would have complied with it, but when he directed him to throw up all, he could not grapple with such a proposal. Herein the straightness of the gate very much consists, and it is on this account that so many seek to enter in, and are not able. There are many that have a great mind to salvation, and spend great part of their time in wishing they had it, but they will not comply with the necessary means. 2. Be directed to forget the things that are behind, that is, not to keep thinking and making much of what you have done, but let your mind be wholly intent on what you have to do. In some sense you ought to look back, you should look back to your sins. Jeremiah 2.23. See thy way in the valley, know what thou hast done. You should look back on the wretchedness of your religious performances, and consider how you have fallen short in them, how exceedingly polluted all your duties have been, and how justly God might reject and loathe them, and you for them. But you ought not to spend your time in looking back, as many persons do, thinking how much they have done for their salvation, what great pains they have taken, how that they have done what they can, and do not see how they can do more, how long a time they have been seeking, and how much more they have done than others, and even than such and such who have obtained mercy. They think with themselves how hardly God deals with them, that He does not extend mercy to them, but turns a deaf ear to their cries, and hence discourage themselves and complain of God. Do not thus spend your time in looking back on what is past, but look forward and consider what is before you. Consider what it is that you can do, and what it is necessary that you should do, and what God calls you still to do in order to your salvation. The Apostle in the third chapter to the Philippians tells us what things he did while a Jew, how much he had to boast of, if any could boast, but he tells us that he forgot those things, and all other things that were behind, and reached forward towards the things that were before, pressing forwards towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of god in christ jesus three labor to get your heart thoroughly disposed to go on and hold out to the end many that seem to be earnest have not a heart thus disposed it is a common thing for persons to appear greatly affected for a little while but all is soon passed away and there is no more to be seen of it labor therefore to obtain a thorough willingness and preparation of spirit to continue seeking in the use of your utmost endeavors without limitation and do not think your whole life too long. And in order to do this, be advised to do two things. 1. Remember that if ever God bestows mercy upon you, He will use His sovereign pleasure about the time when. He will bestow it on some in a little time, and on others not till they have sought it long. If other persons are soon enlightened and comforted, while you remain long in darkness, there is no other way for you but to wait. God will act arbitrarily in this matter, and you cannot help it. You must even be content to wait, in a way of laborious and earnest striving, till his time comes. If you refuse, you will but undo yourself, and when you shall hereafter find yourself undone, and see that your case is past remedy, how will you condemn yourself for foregoing a great probability of salvation, only because you had not the patience to hold out, and was not willing to be at the trouble of a persevering labor? And what will it avail before God or your own conscience to say, that you could not bear to be obliged to seek salvation so long, when God had bestowed it on others that sought it but for a very short time? Though God may have bestowed the testimonies of His favor on others in a few days or hours after they have begun earnestly to seek it, how does that alter the case as to you, if there proves to be a necessity of your laboriously seeking many years before you obtain them? Is salvation less worth taking a great deal of pains for, because, through the sovereign pleasure of God, others have obtained it with comparatively little pains? If there are two persons, the one of which has obtained converting grace with comparative ease, and another that has obtained it after continuing for many years in the greatest and most earnest labors after it, how little difference does it make at last, when once salvation is obtained? Put all the labor and pains, the long-continued difficulties and strugglings, of the one in the scale against salvation, and how little does it subtract? And put the ease with which the other has obtained in the scale with salvation, and how little does it add? What is either added or subtracted is lighter than vanity, and a thing worthy of no consideration when compared with that infinite benefit that is obtained. Indeed, if you were ten thousand years, and all that time should strive and press forward with as great earnestness as ever a person did for one day, all this would bear no proportion to the importance of the benefit, and it will doubtless appear little to you when once you come to be in the actual possession of eternal glory, and to see what that eternal misery is which you have escaped. You must not think much of your pains, and of the length of time. You must press towards the kingdom of God, and do your utmost, and hold out to the end, and learn to make no account of it, when you have done. You must undertake the business of seeking salvation upon these terms, and with no other expectations than this, that if ever God bestows mercy, it will be in His own time, and not only so, but also that when you have done all, God will not hold Himself obliged to show you mercy at last. 2 endeavor now thoroughly to weigh in your mind the difficulty and to count the cost of perseverance in seeking salvation you that are now setting out in this business as there are many here who have very lately set about it praise be the name of god that he has stirred you up to it be exhorted to attend this direction do not undertake in this affair with any other thought but of giving yourself wholly to it for the remaining part of your life and going through many and great difficulties in it take heed that you do not engage secretly upon this condition that you shall obtain in a little time promising yourself that it shall be within this present season of the pouring out of god's spirit or with any other limitation of time whatsoever many when they begin seeming to set out very earnestly do not expect that they shall need to seek very long and so do not prepare themselves for it and therefore when they come to find it otherwise and meet with unexpected difficulty they are found unguarded and easily overthrown but let me advise you all who are now seeking salvation not to entertain any self flattering thoughts but weigh the utmost difficulties of perseverance, and be provided for them, having your mind fixed in it to go through them. Let them be what they will. Consider now beforehand how tedious it would be, with utmost earnestness and labor, to strive after salvation for many years, in the meantime receiving no joyful or comfortable evidence of your having obtained. Consider what a great temptation to discouragement there probably would be in it, how apt you would be to yield the case how ready to think that it is in vain for you to seek any longer, and that God never intends to show you mercy, and that He has not yet done it! How apt you would be to think with yourself, What an uncomfortable life do I live! How much more unpleasantly do I spend my time than others that do not perplex their minds about the things of another world, but are at ease and take the comfort of their worldly enjoyments! Consider what a temptation there would probably be in it if you saw others brought in that began to seek the kingdom of heaven long after you, rejoicing in a hope and sense of God's favor, but after little pains and a short time of awakening, while you, from day to day and from year to year, seem to labor in vain. Prepare for such temptations now. Lay in beforehand for such trials and difficulties that you may not think any strange thing has happened when they come. I hope that those who have given attention to what has been said— have by this time conceived in some measure what is signified by the expression in the text and after what manner they ought to press into the kingdom of god here is this to induce you to a compliance with what you have been directed to if you sit still you die if you go backward behold you shall surely die if you go forward you may live and though god has not bound himself to anything that a person does while destitute of faith and out of christ yet there is great probability that in a way of hearkening to this counsel you will live and that by pressing onward and persevering you will at last as it were by violence take the kingdom of heaven those of you who have not only heard the directions given but shall through god's merciful assistance practice according to them are those that probably will overcome these we may well hope at last to see standing with the lamb on mount zion clothed in white robes with palms in their hands when all your labor and toil will be abundantly compensated, and you will not repent that you have taken so much pains, and denied yourself much, and waited so long. This self-denial, this waiting, will then look little, and vanish into nothing in your eyes, being all swallowed up in the first minute's enjoyment of that glory that you will then possess, and will uninterruptedly possess and enjoy to all eternity. Fourth Direction. Improve the present season of the pouring out of the Spirit of God on this town, prudence in any affair whatsoever consists very much in minding and improving our opportunities if you would have spiritual prosperity you must exercise prudence in the concerns of your souls as well as in outward concerns when you seek outward prosperity the prudent husbandman will observe his opportunities he will improve seed time and harvest he will make his advantage of the showers and shines of heaven the prudent merchant will discern his opportunities he will not be idle on a market day he is careful not to let slip his seasons for enriching himself so will those who prudently seek the fruits of righteousness and the merchandise of wisdom improve their opportunities for their eternal wealth and happiness god is pleased at this time in a very remarkable manner to pour out his spirit amongst us glory be to his name you that have a mind to obtain converting grace and to go to heaven when you die now is your season now if you have any sort of prudence for your own salvation and have not a mind to go to hell improve this season now is the accepted time now is the day of salvation you that in time past have been called upon and have turned a deaf ear to god's voice and long stood out and resisted his commands and counsels hear god's voice to-day while it is called to-day do not harden your hearts at such a day as this now you have a special and remarkable price put into your hands to get wisdom if you have but a heart to improve it god hath his certain days or appointed seasons of exercising both mercy and judgment there are some remarkable times of wrath laid out by god for his awful visitation in the executions of his anger which times are called days of vengeance, Proverbs 6.34, wherein God will visit sin, Exodus 32.34. And so, on the contrary, God has laid out in His sovereign counsels seasons of remarkable mercy, wherein He will manifest Himself in the exercises of His grace and loving-kindness more than at other times. Such times in Scripture are called by way of eminency, accepted times, and days of salvation, and also days of God's visitation, because they are days wherein God will visit in a way of mercy, as in Luke 19.44. And shall lay thee even with the ground, and thy children within thee, and they shall not leave in thee one stone upon another, because thou knewest not the time of thy visitation. It is such a time now in this town, it is with us a day of God's gracious visitation, it is indeed a day of grace with us, as long as we live in this world, in the enjoyment of the means of grace, but such a time as this is especially and in a distinguishing manner a day of grace there is a door of mercy always standing open for sinners but such a day as this god opens an extraordinary door we are directed to seek the lord while he may be found and to call upon him while he is near isaiah fifty five six if you that are hitherto christless be not strangely besotted and infatuated you will by all means improve such an opportunity as this to get heaven when heaven is brought so near, when the fountain is opened in the midst of us, in so extraordinary a manner. Now is the time to obtain a supply of the necessities of your poor perishing souls. This is the day for sinners that have a mind to be converted before they die, when God is dealing forth so liberally and bountifully amongst us, when conversion and salvation work is going on amongst us from Sabbath to Sabbath, and many are pressing into the kingdom of God. Now do not stay behind, but press in amongst the rest. Others have been stirred up to be in good earnest, and have taken heaven by violence. Be entreated to follow their example, if you would have a part of the inheritance with them, and would not be left at the great day, when they are taken. How should it move you to consider that you have this opportunity now in your hands? You are in the actual possession of it. If it were past, it would not be in your power to recover it, or in the power of any creature to bring it back for you. But it is not past. It is now, at this day. Now is the accepted time, even while it is called to-day. Will you sit still at such a time? Will you sleep in such a harvest? Will you deal with a slack hand, or stay behind out of mere sloth, or love, to some lust, or loathness to grapple with some small difficulty, or to put yourself a little out of your way, when so many are flowing to the goodness of the Lord? You are behind still, and so you will be in danger of being left behind, when the whole number is completed that are to enter in, if you do not earnestly bestir yourself. To be left behind at the close of such a season as this will be awful, next to being left behind on that day when God's saints shall mount up as with wings to meet the Lord in the air, and will be what will appear very threatening of it. God is now calling you in an extraordinary manner, and it is agreeable to the will and word of Christ that I should now in His name call you as one set over you, and sent to you to that end, so it is His will that you should hearken to what I say as His voice. I therefore beseech you in Christ's stead now to press into the kingdom of God. Whoever you are, whether young or old, small or great, if you are a great sinner, if you have been a backslider, if you have quenched the Spirit, be who you will, do not stand making objections, but arise, apply yourself to your work. Do what you have to do with your might. Christ is calling you before, and holding forth His grace, and everlasting benefits, and wrath is pursuing you behind. Wherefore, fly for your life, and look not behind you. But here I would particularly direct myself to several sorts of persons. 1. To those sinners who are in a measure awakened, and are concerned for their salvation. You have reason to be glad that you have such an opportunity, and to prize it above gold. To induce you to prize and improve it, consider several things. 1. God has doubtless a design now to deal forth saving blessings to a number. God has done it to some already, and it is not probable that He has yet finished His work amongst us. We may well hope still to see others brought out of darkness into marvelous light. And therefore, 2. God comes this day and knocks at many persons' doors, and at your door among the rest. God seems to be come in a very unusual manner amongst us, upon a gracious and merciful design, a design of saving a number of poor miserable souls out of a lost and perishing condition, and of bringing them into a happy state and eternal glory. This is offered to you, not only as it has always been in the word and ordinances, but by the particular influences of the Spirit of Christ awakening you. This special offer is made to many amongst us, and you are not passed over. Christ has not forgot you, but has come to your door, and there, as it were, stands waiting for you to open to Him. If you have wisdom and discretion to discern your own advantage, you will know that now is your opportunity. 3. How much more easily converting grace is obtained at such a time than at other times! The work is equally easy with God at all times, but there is far less difficulty in the way as to men at such a time, than at other times. It is, as I said before, a day of God's gracious visitation, a day that He has, as it were, set apart for the more liberally and bountifully dispensing of His grace, a day wherein God's hand is opened wide. Experience shows it. God seems to be more ready to help, to give proper convictions, to help against temptations, and let in divine light. He seems to carry on his work with a more glorious discovery of his power, and Satan is more chained up than at other times. Those difficulties and temptations that persons before struck at, from year to year, they are soon helped over. The work of God is carried on with greater speed and swiftness, and there are often instances of sudden conversion at such a time. So it was in the Apostles' days, when there was a time of the most extraordinary pouring out of the Spirit that ever was how quick and sudden were conversions in those days! Such instances as that of the jailer abounded then, in fulfillment of that prophecy, Isaiah 66, 7, and 8. Before she travailed, she wrought forth, before her pain came, she was delivered of a man-child, who hath heard such a thing, who hath seen such things, for as soon as Zion travailed, she brought forth her children. So it is, in some degree, whenever there is an extraordinary pouring out of the Spirit of God, more or less so, in proportion to the greatness of that effusion. There is seldom such quick work made of it at other times. Persons are not so soon delivered from their various temptations and entanglements, but are much longer wandering in a wilderness and groping in darkness. And yet, 4. There are probably some here present that are now concerned about their salvation, that will never obtain. It is not to be supposed that all that are now moved and awakened will ever be savingly converted. Doubtless there are many now seeking that will not be able to enter." when has it been so in times past, when there has been times of great outpourings of God's Spirit, but that many who for a while have inquired with others what they should do to be saved have failed and afterwards grown hard and secure? All of you that are now awakened have a mind to obtain salvation, and probably hope to get a title to heaven, in the time of this present moving of God's Spirit, but yet, though it be awful to be spoken and awful to be thought, we have no reason to think any other than that some of you will burn in hell to all eternity. You all are afraid of hell, and seem at present disposed to take pains to be delivered from it, and yet it would be unreasonable to think any other than that some of you will have your portion in the lake that burns with fire and brimstone. Though there are so many that seem to obtain so easily, having been but a little while under convictions, yet, for all that, some never will obtain. Some will soon lose the sense of things they have now, though their awakenings seem to be very considerable for the present, they will not hold, they have not hearts disposed to hold on through very many difficulties. Some that have set out for heaven, and hope as much as others to obtain, are indeed but slightly in slack, even now, in the midst of such a time as this. And others, who for the present seem to be more in earnest, will probably, before long, decline and fail, and gradually return to be as they were before. The convictions of some seem to be great, while that which is the occasion of their convictions is new, which, when that begins to grow of old, will gradually decay and wear off. Thus it may be the occasion of your awakening has been the hearing of the conversion of some person, or seeing so extraordinary a dispensation of providence as this in which God now appears amongst us, but by and by the newness and freshness of these things will be gone, and so will not affect your mind as now they do, and it may be your convictions will go away with it. End of section 37.